Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. We're the official podcast of Black Women Stitch. And I have a special treat for you all today. We are all here right now within the sound of my voice celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Brown Sugar Quilters Guild. This is a group of quilters based outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And there are three of their members with us today. Um, Eliza Woods, Nancy Franklin, and Martha Bates. Welcome to the program, ladies. Hello. No, thank you. Thank you. So, um, so I'm going to just ask a kind of a general question. How did the Brown Sugar Quilters get started? Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going uh, to, uh, my name is Elisa Woods and I'm going and currently the president for Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild for 2018 to 2020. So, um we we've been around for 20 years and luckily for us we do have the one of the visionaries on this podcast with us her name is Nancy Franklin. So, I'll uh introduce Nancy and Nancy'll take it from here and then I'll jump in when necessary. Great. Thanks. Nancy, tell us about it. Well, um when I first started quilting um, back in 1999, I, I uh, went all over the place online and quilt shops and I, I was, you know, getting information and getting projects, but I wasn't seeing too many people of color involved. And so I went online. There was a, a African-American quilters group online and communicated with people. And then I took a, a class at a local sewing shop and met one of the ladies who I had communicated with online. We were lived in the same neighborhood. So we got together and started talking. Her name is Jocelyn Carter. And she brought up the idea of starting a quilt guild. I didn't even know what a quilt guild was. And we decided to go to our local library and speak to the librarian there. Her name was Doris Wells and see if she could help us find space um, to meet with some quilters. So one hurdle down, but then we didn't really know any black quilters. So uh, we ended up going um, to quilt shops and quilt shows at least you told this story, but it was a little bit different in reality. We, the librarian talked about maybe having a craft show at the library and we said we would participate. But when we went to the quilt show where we met you, we were actually looking for black women. We were looking for other black quilters that could join us. So we just went around and by word of mouth, it spread and we ended up meeting. Our first meeting was in January of 2000 and it just snowballed from there. They were on a quest because of the librarian trying to do more for the community in that location for that branch. 
she wanted to do. So she was going to do a knitting activity, a quilting activity. And what was the other one, Nancy? She did three, I think, that she was going to have in the library on that particular time. And so that's when you and Jocelyn were on a quest to figure out how to do a quilt show. Well, like I said, we were really on a quest to find people to come be part of this quilt guild before we even, before the show even became, you know, an idea or a reality, we started, we were looking for people. And so, but then when the librarian said she wanted to do the show, of course we had to try uh, to, you know, pull that together. We ended up having, you know, uh, all kinds of quilts. There were unfinished quilts and, you know, all kinds of things. But uh, it was really nice because we had activities for the community, demonstrations. Again, um, as Elisa said, there were knitters there and, um, you know, just a little bit of everything. But that really helped us reach the community, let people know that they were, we were there. And, you know, as people came out... And, we it just they decided to come and and join with us people who were either new quilters or experienced quilters and see and this is where i the went went so basically when nancy and jocelyn decided to go in search of understanding how to do a quilt show because at that point they had never done one uh they were going to a quilt show that was in atlanta or outside of atlanta really and in the parking lot is where they met me. So uh, I, I just walked over and introduced myself to them because I had just moved from Colorado uh, and I had been involved with the Colorado Quilt Council as well as Rocky Mountain Washinaji, which was a black quilt group. So when they, I introduced myself to them and asked, you know, because again, there weren't many people of color in Atlanta who were doing quilting. They explained that they were uh, trying to figure out how to do a quilt show. And they were looking for other quilters of color. And I said, well, great. I'm glad I met you. I know somebody who's also in this show. I was talking about Maxine Moore. I said, let me come in and introduce you to her. And then at that point, there was no guild. There were just individuals trying to come together to do a show. And then because of us coming together to do the show, it then became, as many people who participated, it only made sense to actually start a guild of some sort that show is an impetus for us to be, be able to come together as like-minded quilters of color. Cause then again, in Atlanta, that really had not happened up. There were small little groups in the city, uh, like the rental town quilters. Those, those ladies had been here for a long time, but not had not really done a show per se. So there were small little bees, but not a major guild of any kind. That's incredible. What I like about the story is how organic everything is. It starts out with, I'm learning to quilt. I would love to learn to quilt with other Black women. I would love to see other Black women's work, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've never heard, I don't think, of someone having a show before they had a guild. Like that is very impressive. And the ability for to even pull that off is really impressive. And I think it just shows the energy behind the community that you all built because at the, from what you're saying is that you wanted to do something 
that would be for the community, that you could go to this library, which is public and available for everybody, and you could show the work that's being produced, unfinished quilts, finished quilts, knitting, you know, and the libraries are really wonderful spaces for that kind of community gathering. And so I think I love libraries. They really are such a hub. And I love how you your story helps us to realize that these are spaces of boundless imagination and creativity. So it makes perfect sense to have a show at the, at the library or to kind of be thinking about it that way. But I also want to interject here that the amazement to me was we, we would set the quilt show up on Friday. Our friends and family and community came on Saturday and we take the show down that Saturday evening. So we did a lot of work to display quilts because that they didn't have like a gallery that we could leave it up. So anyway, that to me was the amazing part. We would set it up on a Friday night, which took a lot of effort. And then the show was one day only. Wow. And the, uh, the librarian was really our champion. I mean, she pushed us a lot more than we probably were comfortable with at the very beginning because it was really her effort to make the show, to, to make the show happen. Um, but that library where we started meeting is called the William C. Brown Wesley Chapel branch of the DeKalb County Library. Um, that's still where we meet now, 20 years later. That is our headquarters. So our home, and we're like maybe three or four libraries. We we lost Doris a couple, a number of years ago. But um, so um, that that library has been, you know, our base for the the entire time we've been in existence. That wow! And we just actually this year we just did a in January did a. Um, a community um, event, a teach teach uh, people to quilt. I forget the exact name of it. With the new librarian who just came in in 2019, um, so you know we're continuing to meet there, get their support um, with space and everything else, and also give back to the community through the library. That's that's fantastic. Let me ask you a question that maybe you were presented with. Um, when you were starting to get the guild off the ground, why a quilt guild? Why, what, what are some of the benefits that you see in creating a quilt guild? And I think it's such a, I I love guilds. Um, but I was just wondering about like, what does it mean to build a guild and what are some of the benefits of having the group like you've created? Well, um, like I said, when we first, when Jocelyn mentioned a quilt guild to me, I had no idea what it was. I was not, I had learned to sew when I was a kid, but I really hadn't been a quilter that long. So, but now that we started it and we've been there, it's, it's really um, I, just a, a group of like-minded people. We give each other support. We give each other ideas. We meet on a regular basis. Um, and I think it's nice to have um, the motivation of having other people there, you know, some who are new and some who have been quilting for years and years and years. Everybody has a different, you know, 
thing that they, they like to do. We learn from each other. Um, it's, it's just been a wonderful, I mean, some of my long, you know, people that I met in that guild have, I've been friends with for 20 years. So it's just been wonderful for me. That's really great. And I, and I coming from, um, Colorado. Um, I was living in Boulder at the time, um, working at the University of Colorado. I was really impressed with the Colorado Quilting Council. They did a lot of uh, things throughout the state. And, um, and I was new to quilting. I started quilting in uh, Illinois, but when I moved to Colorado, I started quilting even more. And so, and then being part of Rocky Mountain Washtenaji, which is another uh, guild that was predominantly people of color, um, I just like the camaraderie of being around uh, like-minded people who are interested in creativity with fabric. Uh, my mom sewed, and I don't think I'm a great sewer, but I thought quilting was somewhere I could still be creative and work with fabric. Yes, and I, I love this idea of, and again, for me, community, creativity, sewing, quilting, Yes, please. Mm -hmm. All of that yes. is, is something that I am very, very much interested in. Can someone tell me how you came up with the name Brown Sugar Stitchers Guild? I love that name. Well, I'll go back to Doris Wells, the librarian, and the fact that we were meeting at the William C. Brown uh, Library. Um, she suggested using, she suggested Brown Sugar Stitchers, and it just fit us so perfectly. It that, did. That was the name. But I think it's nice to get a perspective from, um, that is the name, um, but a perspective for someone like Marty. I, my, Nancy and I have been there for the whole, whole ride, but Marty is a new member to Brown Sugar. So Marty, could you give a little perspective on, on how you came to enjoy the Gill? Um, yeah, it was really, um, I've been here. I moved from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Atlanta not almost five years ago. And I I had never actually belonged to a quilt guild that was predominantly African-American women. I did belong to a group in Milwaukee, but we were very small, less than 10 people. Um, so that would be nine women and one guy, Mr. Queen, Mr. Charles Queen. He's still quilting today. Mm -hmm. At 90 years old. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so Bless his heart. Wow. Yeah. And um, so when I moved down here, and I've been quilting for over 50 years. So when I moved down here, My goodness. I, I went online, and I think it was the state of Georgia had a list of all the guilds um, here in Georgia. And I saw two um, that I thought was promising. Um, and they were both African-American quilt guilds, but I think one no longer exists. And then I found Brown Sugar and I went there and it was just absolutely mind blowing to see all these women quilters and all that they did. And so from that point on, I said, yes, I've got to join. And I did. And I've been enjoying it ever since. That's that's really wonderful. Thank you so much, Martha, for that perspective. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some favorite projects in the Brown Sugar Quilters Guild. So stay tuned.
Here at Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, we talk a lot about sewing. But if you want to see and not just hear about some of the things we've been discussing, feel free to join us on the socials. You can find us at Stitch Please on Facebook. And you can also find us on Instagram at Black Women Stitch. You can find photos of projects that we've been working on, really interesting social commentary. And on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join Black Women Stitch for a live Instagram chat. Again, that's every Thursday at 3 p.m. So find us on the socials, follow up with us. We are happy to hear your direct messages. You can reach out to us at the Black Women Stitch page on Instagram, and we'll help you get your stitch together. are back everyone thanks for coming back this is a stitch please podcast and i am honored to be speaking with the brown sugar stitchers quilt guild on the occasion of their 20th anniversary um can someone tell me about some of the types of quilts that you all produce um and first of all how many people are in the group and i guess that's that's the first question and the second question is, is there a particular type of quilting that is more popular um, among among your members? Currently, we have about 60, maybe 62 or 63 members. Um, for like 65. 65, okay, 65 mm-hmm. members. And it seems 65 like every, members. every meeting we end up adding new people, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and some of the projects that I think I'll mention have more to do with our charity. Is that okay if we mention the charity part now? Yeah, okay. sure. So the charity part is um, at our inception 20 years ago, we, um, we, uh, there was someone, uh, part of our uh, initial group of people, her name was Rosalind uh, Rubens Newell, who was on the board of the Carrie Steele Pitts organization, which is uh, an, an orphanage for African-American children. And at that time, they were from baby to about eighth grade when we started with them. And so we started donating quilts to the Carrie Steele Pitts home and um and and we as a guild got as much um appreciation out of it as the children who received it and so we've had a relationship with them for the whole time that we've been a guild and it and now they take children from 16 years and older and so now we're making bigger quilts so that's definitely something that i remember that we're still doing is we're donating to it's considered our signature charity the uh the carry still pits and uh and Rosalind is still a member of the guild and then i'm just going to throw in one more um there's this um uh, organization called the innocence project um that uh, oh yes i know that project that frees incarcerated um uh, people who've been incarcerated for that were innocent and they free, they help free them. Yes. And so, um, I know that it was probably about maybe six years in or maybe seven years in. Um, I, they brought someone to where I work. His name was Pete Williams. And, uh, and the people mm-hmm. at our job contributed to the fact that he had helped him become free. 
Uh, and in, in, okay. but because of that, they brought us all together to actually meet him. And so he could meet us. And he was such a pleasant gentleman. And so he was incarcerated for over 30 years for something he did not do. And so, oh, and so upon meeting him, I just felt he had to have a quilt. So that was something I brought back yeah. to the guild and we did a beautiful quilt for Pete Williams. Uh, and, um, it was one of the, Af we call them African coin quilts, which means everybody in the guild contributed coins, which are three and a half inch by seven and a half inch pieces of fabric. Some people embroidered on them. It, it just turned out to be a lovely piece to give a person who, um, as we said on this, the statement on the back is now's your time to take, make lim, lemonade out of lemons. And so that, that was another one that I remember. Now, Nancy, I don't know. Do you have something you remember? I think I, I just, I, I like when we do things where we involve the community we've done um, that in conjunction with some of our shows, we'll do demos or, you know, allow, uh, we've done a project with the uh, National Black Arts Festival um, where we had a table and, you know, kids came by and they were able to do a little bit of stitching and talk about how my, my grandma quilts. And, you know, um, I, I really like those things where we, we get to, to reach out to um, people who, who know about quilts, but may not know any quilters. Well, my favorite. That's excellent. My favorite. Yes, Martha, please. Yeah, my favorite is making quilts for uh, Carrie Still Pitts. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it wasn't said earlier, but that um, um, orphanage was created by an ex slave. It's been in existence for over 132 years. Wow. Still going strong. And I enjoy the fact that the Guild can provide quilts for each child that comes through that door. Wow, that is really beautiful. And that is something that they will have that the child can know that that was made just for them. Yes. Um, and, and it's, and it has, it's part of this longer tradition of black women caring for children, for young people. And it's really a beautiful example of community care and how a community can put its arm around, you know, these children. These are everybody's children, you know, um, and it gives us this, it, I don't know, I just think that's really very moving. I'm going to be sure to include links to the, the home you're describing as well as the Innocence Project in the show notes so people can find out more information and perhaps donate um, to both of these really fantastic projects. Can so I, thank you so much for sharing those. Can I just yes. add one, Lisa? We just yes, started please. working with the names project, um, which is um, part of they uh, they make AIDS quilts, and their um, issue is out of uh, their website says out of four hundred and seventy thousand quilt panels that were made for the AIDS quilt, something like four hundred of them were for African Americans. So the hmm. names project, I um, call by name, they um, have yes. gone and done workshops at churches and other places for African-Americans to create um, AIDS panels. Um, they're three by six 
need, I think, um, to, to honor their loved ones. And so those people at the workshops, they might glue their stuff and they're, you know, making letters and right, having right. a name and, and photographs, but they need somebody to sew them. So the ladies from the name oh, project yes. brought it to the guild and, um, some people sat during our meetings to sew, hand sew or, or machine sew pieces on, on the quilts or bought them home and we returned them all sewn up. So that's been really nice. This is the first time we've done that and I'm hoping that we'll do well. I, this in 2019, I think was the first time we did it. Um, some of our guilt members started outside of the guild and then bought it into the guild. But I think that I'm hoping that it's going to be a long-term partnership with the guild because I think we're able to add a whole lot just by sewing those pieces, getting those panels finished so that they can go out and be shown to the public. That is really powerful. I get, I get it. IGIL has roughly been involved with the uh, NAMES project for almost, it's going on two and a half years, almost three. Oh, and the Common NAME project was specifically to try to enhance uh, the, um, the uh, uh, adding names of people of color. So that's where uh, Jada right. Harris, uh, the manager of that, was asking our guild if we would help them being the families. So they had family members who would make a panel and they would, and they needed someone to finish it for them. And that's where we, we were. And so this year has been our major involvement in this, uh, in making as many panels as we've helped make this year. So yeah, we had a great time doing that. It, it happened in January was our kickoff for 20 years and they were there as part of that. So yes, that, that was a great opportunity, but I also just want to interject real quick. We also have been involved last year with uh, the sickle cell where we donate uh, pillows and, and, and quilts to um, the Hugh Spalding, which is a, 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 a child, part of the children's, children's hospital. hospital. It's part of children's hospital, but it's in a predominantly African-American neighborhood. And uh, so we 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 did that this year, and and um, Marilyn Safantes was the person who led that project. So we we are a donation guild. We are more than happy. We also have done faces. Faces is an acronym which I am not going to try. I always mess it up, but it has to do with facial cranial um, uh, something. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and our uh, guild member uh, Joyce Turks was uh, was a was approached and brought that to our guild, and we donated over forty quilts to them. So when we find a um, oh my word. when we find a need or someone brings a need to us, we've also been involved with the quilts of valor, which is when uh, we're donating yep. quilts to the uh, service people. Uh, so we're we're definitely a donation guild. We donate when we um, when we hear of anything that we feel a quilt will make people feel better about. I wonder, I, I, I think this is, I think that you probably, you all have probably answered this question already, but I was just going to ask you, the Guild has been around for 20 years. Again, congratulations. That's amazing. How do you keep it fresh and growing? So two of you on the call have been 
with the guild since the beginning. And uh, Ms. Bates, you have been in just the last five years, and you say that when you have meetings, you get more members. How do you continue to do that? I know that there's some guilds where they're concerned about the graying of the population or that people aren't as active anymore, et cetera, et cetera. How have you all managed to, um, to avoid that and to kind of keep the guild fresh and growing? Um, well, I, that's part of it. Okay. Say it again, Martin. So did you say out, outreach? Yes. Yes. We go out into the community. We do um, like, um, um, what was that? At, we went um, to the uni- University of Georgia. University oh. of Georgia in yeah. Athens, yes. And uh, we just get they our name out do, there. We go to different they functions. Asked do, they asked us to do their family day. So what is what is that exactly? So you go to you went to at the University of Georgia at Athens. So what do you do when you get to a university? Well, what we did was um, we had a um, um, a bunch of um, ten by ten blocks and two and a half inch um, patches and a bunch of glue. And when the kids came through, we showed them how to put things together. We had glitter, we had um, markers, and we had a ton of kids coming through, and they all had fun. We have our information out there, and we have our business cards, and we hand them out. Um, We do things like that, and we also um, try to do um, outreach through other avenues, too, like the... um, What was that? we have two articles written about us that were dis- right. that were written and uh, distributed through um, NPR. Bitter Southerner. No kidding. Tell me about that. One was Bitter Southerner. Mm-hmm. And the other and the one other was the Scall- um, Scall- Scallawag. Yes. <laughs> Well, I, so what are those? I've heard of bitter, bitter, bitter Southerner, I think, but I don't think I know about Scallops. So tell me more about those. That's pretty well, cool. Basically, they touch base with us. Um, again, because of some activity we have previously done, uh, they were um, they came to us and asked, could they talk about the gill and um, and especially the fact that we were going to be 20 years old and um they they asked the history because they were doing things having to do with women connecting on levels for support is how I think they got when the, the first time they were talking about the article. And so we didn't know it was going to be on NPR. <laughs> we didn't. But because of being on uh, NPR for uh, Bitter Southerner, there have been more people who have contacted us because of that. And, uh, and, and, and that, ha- that outreach has been unique that even corporate people, corporate entities have contacted us and, um, because of that article. So they talked about us alongside four or five other guilds and, or four or five people who are doing other creative activities. And then, um, and that's how, uh, that, and, and then that because of Bitter Southerner, Scalawag came to us because they had heard it on Bitter Bitter Southerner. And then we've had a couple of PhD students come and ask, could they do um, interview our guild because it was part of their thesis that had to do with female empowerment or whether it was females uh, uh, working with fabric. So because 
of the outreach that we do. And I assume the same will happen with your black women stitch. People will hear about us. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we'll be contacted to be, get more information about our guild or be involved in some other activity that might be happening close to us. So that's the part. Yeah. And let me just say, it hasn't always been this way. Being here for 20 years of history, you know, we have 60 some odd members, which is probably the most we've really ever had in the guild. And there have been some slim years, but we've had a um, dedicated group of people who have, you know, stuck with the guild. I've, I've been... 20 years, but I've been in and out. There were a couple of years where I, you know, raising kids and doing all kinds of things. And I just couldn't find the time to get to the guild, but then I came back. So, um, I think part of it is because we're in Atlanta and we have a, such a big African American community that we're gonna, you know, it's easier for people to find us You're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and we are talking today with the Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild. I've been fortunate to be joined by some of their officers today, and when we come back, we'll talk more with them about what they are going to be doing to celebrate their 20th anniversary. Stay tuned. Hello, Stitchers. We have a limited edition opportunity for you to support the Stitch Please podcast and the Black Women's Stitch project as a whole and get some more fabric in your collection. These are mystery fabric boxes of fabrics that have been divided into woven and knit. There's boxes that that are stuffed with black and white fabrics. There's boxes of chevron fabrics. There's boxes of fabrics called, I think, Adventure or Nature or something like that. Um, And these are completely full of fabrics. These are medium flat rate USPS boxes that can be sent directly to you for $30 and that shipping is included. So if you're interested in building your stash or um, taking a chance on some really cool fabrics, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at Black Women Stitch or you can send me an email at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com and we will send you a mystery box of very cool fabrics, $30 shipping and insurance included. And that'll help you get your stitch together too. Thanks. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm talking today with Nancy Franklin, Martha Bates, and Elisa Woods of the Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild. Let's listen to hear more about what they have planned to celebrate their 20th anniversary in terms of their upcoming projects. Because we're a lot of people, we seem to be new, but we've been here 20 years. And people are just discovering you. And I think that's really great is that because that does speak to the longevity that you've got 20 years and you're still doing things that are new. You are still speaking to people. You are still um, supporting the art of quilting. You're still um, doing this really incredible work in the community. And that's really great. What were some of the questions that I'm curious, what were some of the questions the PhD students were interested in asking y'all about? Uh, similar to what you're asking um, is is how how do you uh, maintain a group 
for this long and what were what were your involvement with the community and how do you sustain that? Uh, you know, because everything gets a little stale and you have to kind of rev it up a little. So um, I think that they were interested in, in how um, a one PhD student was more interested in the female component of how how to raise female consciousness within the creative world. And then the other one was looking at um, is how do you pass on creativity from one generation to the next? So they, they've kind of come and we, we've re- every request that we've been given, we stepped up to it. And that, that has been uh, 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 very interesting this last couple of years. Again, this has probably been the last busy, th- these two years have been the busiest that I've been the whole time I've been in the guild. And I don't know if it's because I'm president or is it just the interest has been increased. So, well, you know, I think part of it um, has to do with um, when we had our quote, our rabble quote, mm. and we went to all of these. Yes. Tell, tell me about the raffle quilt. I'm really curious. Oh, tell me about the raffle quilt. Um, <laughs> um, five of us um, put the raffle quote together. And we went to, thanks to Elisa. Well, basically, um, the reason for our raffle quilt is we were trying to raise money for our 20th anniversary. And we were trying yeah. to determine the best way to do it. And the raffle quilt is what came up. So, Marty. <laughs> yeah, we went to we went to Pinner's. We went to, um, what was the other? Uh, there were three. Uh, Sewing three Expo. Four. Sewing Expo. Sewing Expo, yes. We went to um, a lot of different shows. places. But I think the yes. the emphasis is uh, they use a pattern called New York Beauty, oh, I and love they use predominantly. I love that book. Yeah, it was modified, and they used the fabric that was predominantly African American fabric. I mean, no, it was it was African fabric, right, Marty? Yes, it was African fabric, some Kona cotton, and some grunge. <gasps> I love that mode of grunge. And, and, Everybody loved it. Everybody loved there, there it. Are Even the other guilds yes. who had their own rabble quilts would come back to us saying, whispering to us, oh, I love your quilt. Yours is I want to win your raffle quilt. <laughs> That's exactly what they said. And someone did. Someone in Alabama wow. did want it. Yes, she did. was so excited. Yes. So that was definitely a, a guild effort. We couldn't have done it without the people who pulled it together. Uh, there was a team that uh, pieced it. There was a team um, who, um, they, they there was an individual from the guild who quilted it. So everything about that quilt was done by guild members. That's amazing. And are you all still accepting donations now? I know the... Um... The raffle quilt raffle is over, but is there a way for people to donate to the the guild if the people just wanted to send donations? Yeah, by all means, they could go to our website, which is Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild, uh, and or you can contact us by uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, yes, we are still receiving donations. The Call My Name project of the Names Project that's affiliated with the AIDS Quilt provided us a donation, and we would greatly appreciate it. And then um, there was a corporate sponsor who um, heard about us through the um, – the bitter southerner who has bitter also, southerner. Mm-hmm. who has also contributed to our guild. So we are definitely open for contributions because we would like to do more for the community. Like 
the outreach we just did with the DeKalb Library, yes. which is Learning to Quilt, yeah. which was um, a kickoff for us, where we had over uh, 23 individuals who um, finished and prepared and finished their quilt blocks. So we definitely want to extend that reach for uh, future, which is we plan on doing. So, yes, we are open to donations. Excellent. I will be sure to include that in the show notes. So people that, you know, can, you know, can support you financially to kind of help you have a really wonderful 20th anniversary. So on that note, I want to ask my last, last question. I think, what does it take to, if you wanted to like advise someone on building a guild or starting a guild or advice for someone who is in the position that you found yourself in, uh, Elisa, uh, 20 years ago, or Martha, I know you didn't help to start this guild, but you are an important member of keeping this guild thriving. So what kind of advice would you offer, um, for someone, you know, I feel like you have a lot of wisdom to offer after 20 years of doing this. What kind of advice, what kind of advice would you give to someone who wanted to start? I would say that, um, like anything else, if you're interested to jump in and when I say jump in is that if you come as a member, um, if you're not starting a Gail, get involved, participate, um, by all means, if you uh, don't want to be one of the lead officers, be on a committee. But definitely get involved because your 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 experience will be even more in 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 depth if you participate and get involved in the activities. That would be my my comment. That doesn't for our guild for sure, but any organization that you belong to, just um, decide to to use your energy in a positive way for the organization, and it will reward you greatly. That's excellent. Any other advice, Nancy or Martha? Well, I, I second what Elisa said. It's important for all members to participate, um, provide quilts for the charities, um, help cut fabric, um, go out and, 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 and speak to people in the community, let them know, put our name out there. That's how we're able to get people to join the group. Um, we don't, um, what I mean by members participating, if you have the same same ones doing the work all the time, you know, burnout of yes. happens. So that's why it's important for everyone in the guild to participate in one form or another. That's really important. And keep it fun and light. Fun and light. I think that's great. That's great. Well, let me let me say this because it's you keep using the phrase, but it's so funny. Our uh, our theme for our 2020 T, which is an annual activity for the deal, is 20 years, and we're still stitching. Yes. So you you've said it in a lot of different ways. So it's been 20 years, and we're still stitching. And so I think that is a testament to the energies and efforts of wanting to be around other creative people. So that is uh, in and of itself an important part of growth in any creative endeavor that you might be involved in. Can you tell us about some of the events you have coming up and the things that you're doing to celebrate the 20th anniversary? Um, what are your upcoming events? Well, we're, we're having so much fun doing this. I mean, I, at least I know I am because it's like we've never brought in a national teacher before. So you're bringing in a national teacher. Bringing- oh, that's exciting. 
we're bringing in a national teacher, Lisa Shepard Stewart. And then we are also, uh, our kickoff for the year was working with the, uh, the Cab Public Library System, our branch, Wesley Chapel Library, to offer a lear learning to quilt class, which is something that had not been done formally before. And we ended up having 23 participants. That's incredible. Uh, so then we also had a class this past um, uh, month. Um, it was called Queen of the Nile. Uh, we have a couple trunk shows scheduled for the year. Lynette Warren is coming in to talk about how African-American uh, quilters fit in the greater scheme of the quilting uh, world. Uh, she's going to be doing a trunk show and a lecture. We also have Maxine Moore coming in as a trunk show person. Maxine was one of our founding um, um, uh, charter members. Also, she did. Um, she's a she's a wealth of knowledge. She's been a quilt teacher in the Atlanta market for over ten years. So she's wow. another person. So another person of color. Uh, so we we are definitely we're hoping to bring in a couple more national quilt quilters, uh, but we're going to be doing it in a, in a, um, a collaboration effort. We're going to be collaborating with other deals to bring them in so they too can be exposed to the skills of uh, these talented quilters of color. That's fantastic. And Kent, before we go, can you tell us where we can find you on social media so we can support and celebrate with y'all? It's Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild. We're on, we have a website, we are on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, and we're on Pinterest. Excellent. That's great. So I'll be sure to include notes to all those um, those social media places so people can listen to the episode and then click on them and find you. Thank you so much. I have been talking, this episode of the Stitch Please podcast has been devoted to just celebrating the Brown Sugar Stitchers Quilt Guild at their 20th anniversary. Congratulations. Um, this is Elisa Woods, Nancy Franklin, and Martha Bates. Thank you all so much for joining me today and congratulations on this fantastic anniversary. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. There are a variety of ways that you can support the program and you're doing it right now. By listening, to the pro by listening to the podcast, it does help us grow. Another way to do that is to rate the podcast, review it, subscribe to it. All of these things are ways that you can support the podcast without having to spend any money at all. If you would like to spend some money to support us, there are ways to do that as well. You can make direct donations to our Patreon site for monthly contributions, as well as one-time contributions to PayPal, Cash App, or Venmo. And finally, we have another cute, very adorable way for you to support the Black Women's Stitch Project. It's a pin, a P-I-N enamel lapel pin that's very cute. It's about two inches wide and one and a half inch tall, and it's of the Black Women's Stitch logo. And that is $15 with free shipping to the U.S. And so if you drop $15 in the a PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App accounts, and then send me your email, no, not email, if you send me your 
mailing address to my email, either at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com or you send me a direct message on the Black Women Stitch Instagram page, we will put the pin in the mail to you. Um, again, free shipping, $15 for the pin, and all of this goes to support the Black Women's Stitch Project. Thank you again for joining us this week. Come back next week, and we will help you get your stitch together. <laughs>